March Madness. And when I say madness, I mean, of course, Bitcoin going over $60,000 for just a brief moment. Mary, Ethereum to you and yours. This is Sports Best Podcasting Fake Live and Direct on the Reposted Podcast Network. He is Andrew picking Loyola to go all the way. This Wearing the Cinderella slipper, Keller, and I am Larry, just taking the Zags, Olsen. Happy Madness to you, Mr. Keller. Happy March Madness to you. Happy happy times for Colorado being ranked number five. <laughs> when you look back, if someone said you could have a time machine and you could invest whatever you wanted, would you invest in Amazon early and watch it slowly creep up? Or would you do one of these Bitcoin things? I feel like you would want to do one of the stocks that hits real big and then pull out. What, Dude, what would you invest in if you could have a time machine? I vividly remember when Google was going public and at that time, like the normal person couldn't buy stocks. I was telling them, I'm like, man, we got to buy some Google. And they're like, there's just no way to buy it. I would have put all my money on Google, all of it. I have a friend from college. He's from the Bay Area and his dad worked in tech. And he was given, he was offered the COO job of Google. And he's like, ah, it's not, it's not <laughs> worth it. He turned it down. I don't think I could live with that every day being surrounded by Google, knowing I could be a hundred millionaire. Feel like you're saying who's going to wear the Cinderella slipper? It is March Madness Selection Sunday is behind us. Gonzaga, the top overall seed in the NCAA March basketball tournament, Bulldogs unbeaten, 26 and 0. Will they run the table? Baylor, Illinois, and Michigan also number one seeds. The playing games are underway. The tournament starts in earnest on Thursday, and we start with breaking COVID news. Six referees sent home from March Madness after testing positive on Monday. They sent 60 to Illinois. We started this story off with Cinderella, and I always wondered this, and I looked up on NCAA.com what they defined a Cinderella team as, but what do you think constitutes a Cinderella team? It's not a complicated answer, but, like, what's the what's the dividing line? Like, can a number six seed be a Cinderella? I was going to say it's probably a seven or eight seed or higher winning. So the NCAA.com says a basketball team seeded 11th or worse that has advanced to the Sweet 16 or beyond. So you can't make it one round. Like, uh, a, I guess a 15 upsetting a two and losing in the second round is not a Cinderella. Like, you have to make it to the ball. You can't just get dressed up. Mm, so, I that was interesting. I always wonder that. And I finally took the time to look it up. What uh, games are you targeting for the, for the tournament? I was going to say, who are your Cinderella's this year? I personally am a Loyola Chicago guy, 24 and four, the Ramblers eight seed out of the, you know what Missouri Valley conference. They got that none that everybody roots yeah. for. So you can't go against the Loyola Chicago Ramblers. You can't go against a sister. I'm targeting. This isn't a Cinderella because Colorado is number five. Oh, seed, and they're playing against Georgetown on Saturday. And this is a little side story. I don't know if this crossed your radar or not, but Patrick Ewing was at the garden for their tournament <laughs> and he went in and some of the security guards didn't know who he was. And I think the most, the most uh, conceited, the most pompous thing I've ever heard someone say this year he talks about the security guards. He says, quote, I thought this was my building and I feel terrible that I'm getting stopped, accosted, asked for passes. Everybody in this building should know who the hell I am. He hasn't played in the garden in 19 years. What does he think? these? He thinks these security guards are lifers. Like what your first day be like, hey, here's a picture of Patrick Ewing in case he comes by, let him through. Like what a crazy concept to me. Screw you, Patrick Ewing. So in the non-defense of this security guard, uh, Mr. Keller, if 
510 white guy Larry walks through Madison Square Garden, they probably should look for a badge. But if a seven-foot dude in a suit escorting a team on and off the court is coming through security, that maybe wasn't when he was going like, off and on the court. That was just him showing up to the garden. Like I don't I think the way that statement reads to me, he thinks he has an all-access pass to get around the garden anytime he wants. Dane Cook is playing the garden. I'm gonna show up and sit third row because I'm Patrick Ewing. That's what I get from him. Well, I feel like Patrick has earned the right to own the garden. So I mean, sure, I'll give him that. But when someone says, hey, can I see your credentials or who are you? Don't go to the media and be like, I own this place because NRG owns it. NRG. 64 games all being played in Indianapolis, the NCAA tournament. The rule is that you only need five players healthy on a team to continue in the tournament. I guess you don't need referees because six are going home. Maybe the rest will be there. Uh, Look out for Colgate. Also, look out for Moorhead State as your Cinderella out of the Ohio Valley Conference. Have you filled out your bracket yet? I don't think, uh, kind of like college football this year, I'm sitting out the college athletic season. I have some work people. I'm not really at work. Jimmy usually does one. I'm just thinking I'm going to take this year off. All right. Well, I want to give you, a, in case last second you decide to join uh-huh. Jimmy's bracket, yeah, he might yeah. offer you a prize. And then when uh-huh. you win it, he's going to change what it is. <laughs> It may or may not have happened to me. (laughs) Well, talking about people Uh. who have gotten their prizes, I like the offseason in the NFL because everyone talks about the winners and and losers of the free agency. And we came across CBS.com ranking who has won and lost the offseason. And I think they equate people paying lots of money is – is winning like the Cowboys paying Dak Prescott makes them somehow better the next day because they paid a lot of money or the Patriots signed tight end uh, Jonu Smith for $50 million, four year, $50 million. Like that doesn't make them better. That just, I think the winners and losers are the players. Like it's, it's like the Patriots won because they locked up this tight end. I was like, no, this tight end won Cause he got a $50 million deal. So I don't know if you think differently, but I think it's just um, generating stories and giving credit. People get obsessed with players getting paid and tying that to a team, quote, winning. But it doesn't matter until the games are being played. One of the one of the stories that are popping, though, out of this free agency thing is the fact that New England spent two hundred million dollars on day one of the legal tampering period which is surprising because typically speaking, as you know, Bill Belichick, the grand czar there at the Patriots, does not spend money on free agents, usually goes for these people we've never heard of, and it's about his sister, but now he's spending money. So they're like, wait a minute, what is going on with that Bill Belichick? I think maybe he's on tilt. He was used to winning. (laughs) He lost one. He's trying to make up for it. So they didn't have to spend lots of money because they had Brady maybe, and now they're like, we got to get something back. I got to be a winner. Well, there's some are saying he's zigging while everybody's zagging. Typically speaking, he did not spend a lot of money. He would bring in these people for his system. Now the salary cap has gone down and everybody wants draft picks because they're cheaper. Mm -hmm. While he's saying, no, forget that. I'm going to go for the expensive people in free agency. So he's zigging and everybody else is zagging. Yeah, and a side story that he put $20 million for Gonzaga to win the tournament, and that'll pay off big (laughs) with his commitment to the Zag. Uh, We have breaking dog news. Dallas (laughs) (laughs) Seed. 
thank you for that. <laughs> My that excitement note. level for the Iditarod. <laughs> Dallas Seavey collecting his fifth Iditarod title, winning the pandemic shortened dog race by more than three hours over second place musher Aaron Burmeister. Seavey matched the record of five wins by Rick Swenson, known as the king of the Iditarod for picking up those titles from 77 to 91. CV completed the 848-mile trail in seven days, 14 hours, eight minutes, and 57 seconds. Over the course of that journey, the temperature dipped down to minus 50 degrees. Congratulations, Mr. CV. Yeah, I was looking at it because this is a shortened race. It's 250 miles shorter. Anyway, it's shorter. Last year's winner won in nine days and 10 hours, so almost two full days longer to do the other race. <clears throat> I remember skiing one time, and the wind chill was, <laughs> I think, negative 40. What's, have you ever been anything that cold before? What's the coldest you've ever been in? I mean, it's kind of like skydiving. Like, once you get to zero, like, could it get any colder, or are you just freezing out of your mind? Like, jumping out no, of an airplane, like, like zero. I mean, I'm sure it gets colder, but... Your body's frozen. So, like, how much more frozen can you be? It it just it it's more shocking. Like, hot isn't just hot. Like it <laughs> it'll it'll get you pretty bad. Um, but I don't know. That's crazy cold. It's I like his uh his CV's reaction. He's like, everyone says you're gonna win five like throughout his career, and he's like, I just want to win my next one. And I mean, that's kind of the mentality to have, especially with such a endurance race. You have to worry about. I just need to get them through the next 10 minutes and not worry about like, oh, I got seven more days of racing. I kind of was Googling this. I just wanted to know what Dallas CV did for money. I couldn't find like, is he a blacksmith? Is he like a runs a Petco? What does I he mean, do? I, I did a little deep dive into <laughs> it. So the purse last year for the Iditarod was $501,000 and the winner oh. got $51,000. Oh. Okay. And just, to give a little perspective to other sports in the U.S., the 2020 U.S. Open had a purse of $12.5 million. That's tennis. The Daytona 500 had a purse of $23.6 million. And Wimbledon in 2020 had a purse of $49.5 million <laughs> compared to the 500000 So maybe kids listening out there, don't go into dog mushing for the hey. money. Do it for the love of the cold. Love of the game, brother. Love of the game. Speaking of the love of the game, I love to fight. <laughs> UFC 261 is going to be on April 24th in Jacksonville. Uh, and Dana White announced that they're going to play in front of a 15,000 fan audience sold out full all the way. I do want to point out that on this show, we talked about how the Texas Rangers will be the first to do a full crowd, no restrictions on their opening day against, I think, Toronto on April 4th. So we'll have a little bit of perspective. I'm going to say it again. Whoever goes first will be wrong and uh, or will be perceived that way. So they're going for 15,000 people in a stadium in Jacksonville. I am going to pass on that one. I'm going to pass. I mean, I think I think that has more of a chance of being sold out than the Rangers 40,000 sure. outside because UFC fans are very specific. Um, I, the story didn't really talk about whether or not that they were going to have protocols in place. I think they will because, <laughs> I mean, they were pretty aggressive about testing and not letting players fight. So there's uh, maybe they'll take their temperatures coming in. <laughs> maybe this is the end of it. Maybe this is the, the way in. 
Uh, I did read that in Jacksonville after the fight at the uh, Spearmint Cantaloupe, you can go see. She's sweeter than a honey bun. Yes! I'm a caller, honey. The streak continues. Boom. See our boy throwing quarters. Uh, wow. Okay. Well, moving on from UFC, Drew Brees is calling it quits officially. The NFL's all-time leader in yards passing with 80,358. Says he's going to retire after uh, 20 years in the NFL, 15 with the Saints. He's going to join NBC and become a broadcaster. Congratulations to Drew Brees. I love this because maybe you can give me your take. I think he pulled the wool over their eyes, but he had his kids... <laughs> go do a video and they announced on social media that he was retiring to spend more time with them. <laughs> nope. He's going to be in the booth kids. All right. Spend more time with your nanny. Um, I mean, <laughs> that's, that, that's a pretty time. That's a time suck too. So I maybe it will be more time than, than being with the saints, but this made him retiring made me kind of look back on his career. And I remember in 2004 when uh, the Chargers drafted Phillip Rivers, and that was like a big controversy. I thought it was silly to get rid of Drew Brees at that point. Do you think that the Chargers made the right call going with Phillip Rivers instead of Drew Brees? As I look here into my crystal ball as a woulda, shoulda, been a hatta, I feel like it worked out exactly how it was supposed to for everyone. Oh, wow. Look at me. I searched That's my a very strong non-take on the. Uh, I did see a, an interesting hot take from sports commentator Dave Damashek. Oh. He said in a post, he said, Drew Brees is obviously a first ballot Hall of Famer, but he ought to thank Brett Favre and Adrian Peterson in his acceptance speech without four and 28 turnovers in the 2009 NFC title games. Brees goes down as a 21st century Dan Fouts, a stats machine who never reached a Super Bowl. That's a hot take, and it's a little bit sharp, but I think it could be true. I don't know. I mean, he was always in the playoffs, and he was always doing great things, but uh, it just takes one. It just takes Dude, one. Two heartbreaking losses. I forget what year, but that year they lost to Minnesota on that final play of the game, and then that horrible pass interference call oh, in the yeah. NFC title. I mean, he almost could have won three Super Bowls. I know he won one, so if my aunt had balls, she'd be my uncle. Let You know. Right. <laughs> and uh, if if he had uh, three more wins, he'd be um, Joe Montana. Yeah, he would. He would. All, all those things. Alexander Doba from Poland has tragically passed away. <laughs> oh, no. Not after. I love that guy. Sometimes it's hard for me to think of a catchy intro before I hit that <laughs> drop. And uh, this time, I don't think I hit the mark. But Alexander Doba from Poland was a world-famous solo kayaker. He died uh, last month while trying to summit Kilimanjaro at the age of 74. Uh, Nicole, one of her dream trips is for us to summit Kilimanjaro. Maybe I should send this story to her and be like, I don't want to die. Oldest human-powered ocean explorer to successfully perform an ocean crossing. He went from across the North Atlantic in 2017, his peak achievements were between the ages of 65 and 71. <laughs> yeah, and this is crazy. It says during his three major expeditions, he spent a total of 387 <laughs> days at sea by himself on the kayak. Maybe, hey, here's something. If uh, broadcasting doesn't work out and you still don't want to hang out with your kids, Drew Brees, 
Pick up solo kayaking. That's another way to get out of the house. Drew Brees doesn't want to hang out with his kids. I think that, I mean, he has too when many. Someone says I'm retiring to sport time with my family. They're drunk. <laughs> they don't like their family. They're trying to get leverage somebody. That's not what politicians say it. Everybody says that. I think it's a good narrative. He had his PR people write that up and his kids <laughs> read it. Um, Dude, honestly, I hate to go back here, but don't even get me started on how fake Drew Brees is. Drew Brees is the fakest dude that has ever lived. He's an all-time leading passer. Those aren't fake yards. I mean, dude, he's he, gonna he's gonna be second next year after Tom Brady throws one pass. But fakey, fakey, uh, Drew Brees. What's name Only one fake him. thing about him? He was in this giant Ponzi scheme. It was like Amway, and then there was this second Ponzi scheme that sold sport drinks. He was like a he was like at the face of the company, and then he got sued and but bankrupt. Dude, Drew Brees is fakey, fakey. Don't tune in to Drew Brees calling the plays because he's not going to call it like he sees it. He's going to try to sell you some Amway. That has been Sports Best, the last Sports Best for Andrew Keller gets married. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.